This is Twos and Threes, a Boyan Bogdanovich fanboy podcast, <laughs> which is to say a Utah Jazz podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by cowhideglobe.com. Uh, I think it's safe to say, Doug, that we're the flagship podcast on the cowhideglobe.com uh, podcast network. Um, it was, it's been an incredible week. Uh, I'm Marcus Hensey, and, and with me is Doug. And Doug, how, how are you, man? How are you? I I'm great, man. After this week, I'm feeling awesome, and and I have to agree with you. We are the Cowhide Globe's maiden voyage. We are we're the number one right now, <laughs> right? And just so hearing you say that, though, I want a quick clarification for listeners because I said we're the cow we're part of the CowhideGlobe.com last time. There's no the at the beginning of the website, so just CowhideGlobe.com. If you go to the CowhideGlobe.com. You'll find what seems to have been a valiant effort by somebody to start a blog two years ago that hasn't been updated since. Um, and it's not a bad site, but uh, ours is cowhideglobe.com. So check it out. Good, cl- uh, good, good clarification. Though. Yeah, yeah, you know, just trying to trying to be clear. Um, Doug, it, it was a tremendous week. You know, our last podcast we did right on the heels of a, a couple tough losses, um, the Clippers one in particular uh two huge games this week i think we can just jump right in to our first segment and talk about it um as is in the past our first segment will be about the week that was so why don't we go to segment one wait what happened this week okay let's do it so for segment one um we're gonna do a little week recap um and like you said last week we did the direct Sunday night post game and our emotions were a little low. And I, I, I think it's fair to say that we flip flopped this week. Yeah. We, we held off on doing this until my resting heart rate went back to somewhat near normal <laughs> after the last game. So it's now Sunday at like uh 2 30 PM Pacific time. Um, I'm still a little bit amped to be honest <laughs> after the Bucks game, uh, but I'm feeling more in my right mind uh, than I, than I had been. Right. So this week, um, two two close games in two Eastern Conference powerhouses. So the Jazz take down um, the Philadelphia 76ers, and that score Hate was them. 106 to 104, and they beat the Milwaukee Bucks 103 to 100. So close. Don't games. hate them as much, but they scare me. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I guess let's let's hear your thrashing report. Let's dive in on some takeaways. I, I've I've took notes, Doug. This podcast we're getting sophisticated here. I was taking notes during games, um, but I'm going to bleed them kind of into two. Before I thought, let's talk Sixers game. Then, but but look, all caps. The big takeaway, the thing that we need to be talking about, is a man by the name of Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, massive, <laughs> massive week. Let's just talk about the shot and and just dive right in right get it over with okay it was amazing (laughs) that game was nuts we have a lot of points to talk about from that game but i'll say and this will go into some stuff that that we'll talk about later too but right before the play um i was watching this with a a good very savvy jazz basketball fan who was talking about how this maybe should go to boyan for the shot you know i mean donovan has been getting a lot of attention and and in late game situations has kind of been our go-to thing. And my friend was talking about how this should go, you know, maybe it's time for it to go to Boyan. The play unfolds. It was just like, there's like nine layers of beauty. There's like 90 million layers of beauty there, but he pops out, catches it, hits it before the ball hits the net. Joe Ingles hands are in the air. Bogey turns and runs to him. The whole crowd is great. Big kudos to Jazz Nation on the crowd. There's been so many fun videos online, on Twitter in particular, of people um, who like recorded on their phone and recorded their reaction. Um, there's an amazing Titanic uh, mashup afterwards, which they do those a lot, but this is a really good one, so you should find it. But it was pure. His reaction was amazing. Um I loved everything about it, obviously. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Oh, man. It, honestly, it was everything that I needed at the moment. So I was actually, at that time, I was 
in the car driving home and I was listening to it live and I mean the jazz had been up by six and then they one minute left they pretty much just had to dribble down and I mean they could have scored shut it out beat, go up by eight really just take a little bit, bit of time and then they had um, I'm gonna use kerfuffle they had a, <laughs> they had a kerfuffle whatever that even means it, um, just, I don't know what it means either but it I think it's the right word I, and they just and then they just threw it away and I was like oh my gosh they're they they did pretty much everything they could to make to lose that game <laughs> and then Boyan just grabbed us all from the depths and threw us on his shoulders and like a like a lion um like the lion that he is and look I do want to talk about this aspect of it more before we after we move off of Boyan specifically but the Jazz did everything they could to lose that game the guys who were paid by the NBA to call uh, fouls, traveling, et cetera, the referees did everything they could to lose that game for the Jazz. And Boyan Bogdanovich was not having it. So, look, I want to talk about a few things, Doug, about Boyan, because this goes back to one of my biggest takeaways from the Sixers game was related to him, too. He's so good. Um, and the biggest thing I'm thinking is, like, you know, I've been making a lot of jokes about David Locke saying, uh, is Boyan the new horny? And it's a fun thing to write in a hashtag and it's a fun comparison because Jeff Hornacek um, besides the funny names, Jeff Hornacek was one of the biggest, you know, acquisitions by the jazz. He came by trade, not by um, free agency like Boyan, but he changed the course of the jazz franchise by, by joining the team. Here's the thing though, man, he is Boyan is so dynamic. I'm not saying, look, Jeff Hornacek's one of the great, greatest basketball players ever played for the jazz. He's in the upper, upper echelon of basketball players, period. He was a 20 point plus game scorer in Phoenix before coming and in Philly. So I don't want to besmirch Jeff Hornacek. You won't hear me do that, but Boyan's a different kind of player and more dynamic. And obviously the comparison lots of people are making is him versus prime Gordon Hayward. You and I have made it. You've made it in particular a few times and it's becoming more of a theme for me um each game and so i want to give you doug a non-exhaustive list of things that i like i'm comparing boyan bogdanovich's game to gordon hayward so this is a non-exhaustive meaning this is an including but not limited to list of things that i like better about boyan bogdanovich's game than gordon hayward's are you ready i'm ready wow i'm way ready everything that's my list i like everything about him better than hayward I was talking, you know, you know, we talked about it before. And uh, the one thing I kept thinking about Gordon is he he was so explosive jumping vertically. And every game, boy, does Boyan Bogdanovich jump higher every game? He dunked with his left hand on those on somebody that game. And what was the, I? You should have seen my reaction. I left out of my skin. It I, he still look. Gordon does jump higher. I would assume. I mean, Gordon has had an incredible vertical leap, and good, good for him. He's playing really well right now for Boston. But, but Bogey is an athlete, and so that friend that I was talking about watching the game with, it's, it was my wife. I was trying to be anonymous. She's so smart, <laughs> nice. and she's like, he's so athletic all the time. She was just talking. What I'll say is, he's decisive. I've, I keep going back to the fact that he is so decisive with the ball and driving with the ball. To the point that whatever athleticism gap there was between him and Gordon is made as rendered moot because Gordon was never that quick with the ball. You know, Boyan's shot is so much smoother and faster. He just does everything so almost effortlessly seeming. And I think he is right now. Look, we're two weeks into the season, but he's playing at a higher level than all of Gordon Hayward's Utah Jazz career minus maybe the last season. And it's getting comparable uh, there too. And, and he's our number two scoring option at uh, some nights three. I, it's, I don't know. I'm beside myself. Sorry. I'm talking too long. Please insert your thoughts here. <laughs> no. Okay. So first off, just to rehash the, so. Wow. Okay. There's my stutter again. Got to throw one in every time. It's just I have so much emotion and so much thought on this that I just can't even let it all out at once. But 
Okay. Um, who is Bojan Bogdanovic, man? I swear, I'm, I've always, I've loved all of the NBA, and I just feel like when the Jazz got Bojan, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like he's this. I so I went and watched his highlights. Like, okay, this dude can score. But I and this and I texted you this, but I honestly say All Star Game is next week. I think yeah. Bojan's the first. It, He's say, an All Star. Yeah, I but, think if the Jazz have, if the Jazz have an All Star, Bojan's probably the well. Donovan's played really awesome, but Donovan. I think I'd push Bojan. back and say Donovan Mitchell. Let's not forget because yesterday was not his most efficient game or whenever it was Friday but he's been tremendous so far this season and he still like is on the top of a bunch of lists but Boyan's been right there this is my thing with him Doug and I think your take is a smart one I mean I would I would argue the Jazz are six and three they've put a very hard schedule um really on pace for what I called a seven and three start so um I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that but he's He's been an all-star player so far. And I would say this, too. This was my other one of my takeaways about him is I think this is the best one-two jazz scoring punch. And with the possibility that Mike Conley's kind of coming on to be in the mix there, but this is the best one-two jazz scoring punch since Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer. I don't feel like that's a hot take at all. What do you think? No, I I definitely agree with that. I think that... And in a, in a sense, I mean, other than the fact that when they're both on the court, they both demand presence and um, you have to pay attention to them. But they're, they're kind of like they both can do their own thing. Like Carlos kind of needed Darren to pass it down. Like right. there was a bigger dynamic. The same with like John. I mean, Carlos could score on his own and John and Carl, the same thing. But um, the nice thing is that they can both take control of the ball at the behind the three-point line and do their own thing which is that, i feel like exactly there hasn't right. been that essence of like a dynamic scoring on the jazz in a really long time ever when has there ever been do you know when it was gonna happen when betray stayed on the jazz and donovan mitchell and gordon hayward going to be on the same team at the same time but then he left like you're right we i just that's why i've had a hard, such a hard time thinking of like who does boyan remind me of in jazz history and we haven't like Jeff Malone wasn't this much of a creator. I'm going back before your time there, but um, yeah. like Jeff Hornacek was, um, uh, I think, one of the best 10 shooters in the history of basketball, but he wasn't at that stage of his career at the Jazz, especially a shot creator on the perimeter. I mean, Malone was an offense unto himself, but, you know, between Malone and Stockton, there were, I look, I, I'm obviously not saying Donovan and Boyan's a better duo than those guys. Basketball is just different now, but neither one of them, it wasn't perimeter scoring options and Boozer the same. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Like Darren Williams and CJ miles or something like, I don't like Brian Russell wasn't there that we've just never had two guys who can create a shot like this. It's, it's pretty fun to watch. And one, here's my one little nuance that I noticed that I love in the, I started noticing this in the Sixers game. He drives with Gobert rolling so well. So just watch for this because he drives and with Gobert kind of rolling to the basket at the same time. And he's so smart with the way he positions himself and the ball. There's just been a bunch of times where he gets a defender stuck in the middle of the two of them. And he, he, you can see him using Rudy's gravity going to the rim to create enough space for him to do a quick, strong layup and put it in. And a couple times a dunk. And I love it because he just catches and he goes. He goes hard and he just takes it to the rim using using Gobert. I, that's been one of my favorite things to watch. Yeah, I'll just piggyback on that and say that that's probably been the one thing that I've been most pleasantly surprised about Boyan with is just his, his post presence and being able to get to the rim. Yeah. My, my last thing I want to say about him, I could talk about it a lot, obviously. Uh, I'm, you know, you, you've had your passionate stutter. I, I, my mind's just like, I'm just talking like too fast, too much to everything because I'm so excited about this guy. But one thing I want to say is um, he's so good in the first quarter, the first and third quarter, which is kind of a funny thing to say. Obviously he, he just made a game winning shot. So he's pretty good in the fourth too, but so many games last year, the jazz 
started sluggish and just fell behind. And they just couldn't score with that lineup. And he's been – and Donovan is a little he, – he likes, I think, in his natural state to sort of get a feel for the game and see how it's coming. He's always been a big second and fourth quarter scorer. Yeah, um, and Boyan just goes out and gets like seven points or more in the first quarter every game. And that's so valuable. It's just nice to not be playing from behind. And I think I think it's been huge. I, I'm hashtag first quarter Boyan throwing that out a lot. I don't know that it'll catch on now that he's just making game-winning shots, but I've been really, really happy about that. <laughs> Yeah, that that honestly is something that the Jazz have needed so bad. Uh, but um, one okay, and then here's my last Boyan thing. If that was your okay. last Boyan thing, yep. Um, Post game Boyan, <laughs> so good. <laughs> he's man. He he just soaked it all in. I thought it was a beautiful moment. It's almost like we just won a playoff game. The crowd was nuts. Um, oh, I don't know if you knew this, but our cousin Dustin was there. Oh, no, um, I don't know. That's cool. Yeah, he was there. Um, and and he was getting interviewed by Chris and Kenny, and no, no, sorry, Boyan. Back to Boyan. <laughs> um, and and he was just like, "Wait, hold on, one second. I need to relish in this, and let me listen to the crowd." Did you see that part? Where he... I did. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I thought, look, I say this in no way to take away. This guy's he is a man, right? He's out there doing, but he was cute. His whole reaction afterwards was cute. It was kind of sheepish and cute. Like the video that shows him walking around and high-fiving everybody. And you can just tell he's so stoic normally that like his just like excitement kind of pushing through, but not totally was really charming and just made me love him even more. Like a few people, Angie Treasure, I think is her name on Twitter. It's like her handle something like Snark Tank. I think she works for the jazz social media. She she tweeted one of the videos that one of the jazz people did from like under the basket, following them all around. I don't know if you saw this. And she just said all the feels and that's how, or all the feelings. I can't remember what it was. That's totally how I felt too. I thought it was, he was really charming. Um, I, I, he, both he and Mike Conley have had like sort of endear themselves to the crowd moments. Um, and that was, that was so good. I mean, that was really fun. Yeah. That, that was awesome. I think. Also, I do think, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You're good. Uh, I was just going to say, I also do think, you know what, Dustin, our cousin Dustin Matthews, I think he might get interviewed by Kristen Kenny soon. He plays football for the for the Utah State University Aggies early in his nascent career. And uh, be on the lookout for him. That's all I'm saying. He's a stud. That's right. Um, He's the man. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I got one other, well, a few other things. But my other big takeaway from this this week, the week that was, was Royce O'Neal, man. Um, and so here's a shout out to you because when I was in the Sixers game, um, Bowler Jack was talking and I think he was talking. Yeah. I was talking with Thurl Bailey. Great week of Thurl Bailey on the games. I, I love that. Um, but they were talking about how Royce needs to be the enforcer. And I was like, this, they're just stealing stuff from our podcast left and right. They're taking Doug's takes. They're not giving him any, giving him any credit, but I liked it. I liked that they said it. And, uh, he is, he was really, really good in both of those games and the defense was there. But to your point about him having to pick up the shooting thing, he hit a massive three at the end, towards the end of that Bucks game and had a massive dunk The without those, we don't win the game. So I, I thought Royce was so clutch. Yeah. Royce is, did you just hear me let out a big exhale? I, just did <laughs> I do that before every time I talk, I guess, but <laughs> I like it. Um, we're all trying to exhale after that game right <laughs> Royce has been everything that I've wanted him to be honestly I would love if he even shot it more but I think his defense has been stellar I thought Rudy had some awesome defensive moments against Giannis and the 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 Jazz played the Bucks early last season as well and I, th- I, th- I think they got blown out by him in the second time that they played but the first time they played Rudy played awesome defense against them yeah. And I just love, like, Rudy got that stellar block on Giannis. But I felt like in all um, – because that I, – I mean, I feel like Giannis is the body type that really can can kill the Jazz's defense if they're not on their game because he's so big, he's so long. 
And if his shot is on, which has been, he's been really shooting really well this season. Um, that I mean, that's just really impossible to guard. So I just felt like the Jazz did so well against the Bucks, um, considering. Yeah, I totally agree. And one of my favorite things of that game was the one-on-one defensive battle between between um, Giannis coming in and going right at Gobert. There were several really good one-on-one moments where Rudy played exceptionally well. I mean, obviously, there's the famous – there's a great picture of him blocking um, Giannis towards the end of the game, and they there's an awesome tweet um, by at KL5 or whatever his name is, Chris – from SLC Dunk, where he's like, that's why Greece never invaded France or something like that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but And then the play at the end of the game where he, you know, basically forces Chris Middleton into a, a up and down, like a, tra- a, tra- a travel where he literally jumped and then landed with a ball um, was great. So I thought Rudy made some big plays. Now, he did have a couple funky ones at the end. And this is I think it yeah. at least bears mentioning that was, as you said, that was a wild last few minutes where the Jazz did everything they could to give it away, um, including Rudy missing a couple foul shots, Rudy trying to be Magic Johnson after a rebound and like totally throwing the ball away. Um, but he came through late and and they got the win. But I do got to say too, I I hate I, I hate being the fan who's always like complaining about refereeing and like is blind to the fact that refs really don't hate their team. But man, that was some atrocious refereeing in that game it really felt like they were trying to keep it interesting and then trying to give the game to the bucks like i'll just say a couple things like thank goodness dante divincenzo three that was like two seconds after the shot clock but it took them like 20 minutes to do it like they even reviewed another play in in the interim a donovan mitchell block that they called a goaltend that i thought was hard and then and left it and all of twitter was freaking out for like 10 minutes about that um the the a couple calls on on Rudy Giannis flopping all over the place using the forearm shiver, but the worst to me was Donovan Mitchell 100% got fouled by George Hill um, at the end of the game, and it felt like that was going to cost the Jazz the game until Bogey saved us. But I don't know, terrible refereeing. That's why this game was so fun is that it had all the emotions. Um, oh, also that phantom travel call on Donovan Mitchell where Rudy blocks it on one end, blocks Giannis. They go down, Donovan dunks it on everyone. And it's like one of the best, all-time best jazz sequences ever. And they call it back by a travel that just didn't exist. Oh, man. The traveling thing's driving me nuts. Yeah, honestly, it's like um, we're doing everything to make the game more entertaining. And then yeah, just the I, the refs. I don't know. They not adding to it. I, I'm ready for robot refs already. <laughs> but well, they got there's some things that like it's like why do they allow so many timeouts at the end of the game? Why do they not like call that purposeful foul when somebody turns it over and they foul somebody to stop a fast break? That should be a flagrant foul because you're taking away like you're saying one of the most exciting plays in the game, which is a fast break. And then we're really, I mean, I get that people have been upset that the NBA doesn't call traveling enough. Well, let's call it on the dudes that travel all the time, like Giannis. But, but, like, they've been calling a bunch of just weird travels. Like, little, like, half steps before somebody dribbles in a way that doesn't really give them an advantage. It's, I don't know. I don't know who's asking for that, but I disagree with them. Um, yeah, and I feel like that, sorry, that travel call specifically has, like, been a huge focus. And I think, well, we either talked about this on the phone or on the podcast before, but yeah, it's a ridiculous call. Yeah. I, I we're getting along along in this segment, but it, there was just a lot. I, I want a couple other things that I just from the Sixers game, not to just forget that it existed. Because again, I hate the Sixers. I love that game. I love the win. Um, a a really cool moment was when Mike uh, Conley made that and one layup, but didn't actually see the ball go in, and he turned away. I don't know if you saw this, but he turned away missed it going in and then the crowd just started going nuts and then he looked up like kind of at the crowd was like wait did that go in and he just said that went in and then he like raised his hands up and had him cheer louder uh just he's been really good at that kind of little interplay with the crowd stuff that really makes him endearing i also thought he was great especially in the first half against the bucks um so i thought that was cool i don't know um 
and one other one, if you'll let, allow me, Doug. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the from the it, also in that Sixers game there was an awesome play where Donovan like dives out of bounds to save it on one corner and but then the like George Niang and and Joe Ingles like run into each other and the ball just like flies down. Somebody's going for a wide open dunk and Jeff Green comes out of nowhere and blocks it. They call a foul, but the crowd was just like it, it was like three hustle plays that all ended badly but nonetheless with so much effort that the crowd just went nuts and I, that was really cool too yeah um the, the the sixers game was really fun and um i was I, you know i was bummed that i was kind of bummed that ben simmons got injured because i wanted this to be just an awesome game where donovan mitchell destroys ben simmons right but um but it was good. It was fun to see how Neto, Neto plays so much for the Sixers as much. He's so good. He's just kind of good at basketball. Um, yeah. I was really nervous he was going to have one of those Jonas Jerebko type games. Where Revenge he, games. He makes a <laughs> shot to beat us. Uh, but, yeah, that was fun. It was it was a fun game. I mean, it was a tremendous week. I think, you know, in our preseason, um, picking out what the record was going to be in the first 10 games, I think both of us thought they'd lose one of those two games. Um so they got them both and it made up for the Lakers game that I had them picked to lose. So still the seven and three, if they can just not lose to the G league team that plays in up here in the Bay area now on Monday, then uh, my seven and three pick is intact. So I'm pretty happy about that. And you're going to the game, Mark. So honestly, if they lose, it's like 95% your fault. It'll totally be my fault because we talked about this earlier, uh, uh, you know, just on the phone, but the only way they lose this game is if it's lackluster effort. And I, I cannot allow that to happen. I, I will go crazy. I'll get, if I have to get a technical, I'll get one, Doug. I'll run out there. I'll do some stuff. Like, I'll get them riled up. I think they're going to win that game. Seven and three is going to be fine. All right. So let's go, though, Doug, because um, I could keep talking about this week forever. But I think we've hit the main stuff. Let, let's go now to our segment two. Um, and why don't you start... Segment two. <laughs> okay, so this is my segment two, and this is something that has been, it's been weighing on my soul. You know, it's been weighing on my conscience. And this is, a, a friend of mine tweeted this out. I don't know, do we say names in this? Um, so your my call. Guy, what? I said your call, your friend, your oh, call. I said, <laughs> so, so my guy Rob Stewart tweeted this out, and it was after... Um, it was after the Sixers game, I think. And, um, but it was kind of of the same vein in the Bucks game as well. But he said, it's been three years now. We can agree that Donovan Mitchell is not clutch. And then, it, and is not clutch is in all caps. Obviously, the Jazz won both these games. Donovan didn't have, he had some, I, I would say, fairly key mistakes in the end of both of these fourth quarter games. And I've just been thinking, I don't know why I think, I think we both think way too much about the jazz and it's way too much in like running through our veins and too so, much or not enough. Really? I, I don't know. Right. I, I'm going to disagree right now that we think about it too much. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I've just been thinking about it and I've been reflecting on the past three years. Cause and then I was like, Oh man, maybe, Donovan isn't clutch, and I've thought about a couple games where he's missed game-winning shots. Obviously, there was one already this season. Did he get fouled? Did he not? Who knows? But um, I need you to—I need you to grab me, Mark. I need you to pull me up, um, and 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 bless me with some Donovan Mitchell wisdom. Come with me, Doug. Climb on my back. We're gonna walk through this treacherous time together. Um, look, I totally get where your friend's coming from. I. My answer, what did he say? Did he say, can we all agree? That That's how he phrased it. Here's my answer. Yes. No, no, N-O. I do not agree. <laughs> I don't want to be a fanboy here. So, yeah, so Kristen and I were talking about this. And, you know, before where she was saying that maybe it's time for Bojan to take this shot. I, look, as you sent me this, I've done a little bit of research. I've got some numbers, but this is the main thing I'm going to say. Um when I was thinking about this, I thought about this game from Donovan's rookie season. I sent you a, a clip about it, um, but 
we're playing the Spurs in the second half of the season during our big run when we won a bunch of games. It was really important for playoff seeding. The Jazz just didn't have it that game. We're down, um, what was it, like seven, eight points with about four minutes left in the game. He had two steals, 13 points. Um, three of those were threes. He scored three times to tie the game. Once a three when we're down by four to put us within one. He had an assist to Rudy when he got double teamed where Rudy dunks it, totally gets fouled, by the way, on an and one that they did not call. LaMarcus Aldridge like intentionally fouled him. Um, and then with three seconds left, hits this running three to send the game into overtime. Now, maybe all of that is negated by the fact that the Jazz lost in overtime. My argument is no. All of that was clutch. He's He's been put in a ton of pressure end-of-game situations in the in his first three years of his career by necessity. I think Quinn has thought in some of those, maybe even our best option to win this game is not to have it go through him, but our best option in the long term is to have it go through him. Look, right now, NBA.com has this stat for clutch um, situations, and I think it's something like last two minutes within five points or something. He's 11th in the NBA in clutch scoring. He's 21st in the NBA in their advanced stat called player impact estimate, Pi. Um, there are a lot of guys who have done like touched the ball like twice in that stat that are ranked above him. So like real players who actually are asked to do stuff in the clutch, it's only a handful. And clutch is not just the last shot. I get that he's missed some. Look, the Kings game with 11 seconds left, he drives in. He scores right in the face of the Kings defense and there's 11 seconds left and the Kings don't have a timeout. They should have won that game. That should have been a game winner for him. Now they did come back and he had to shoot another game, another shot because of a defensive breakdown and he missed that one. But does the second one mean he's not clutch because he was clutched the first time? Look, Michael Jordan didn't win a championship till like his seventh year. LeBron James didn't win a championship till like his seventh or eighth year. Both of those guys went through times it's hard you know it was a long time ago but there was a time when people were like is michael jordan clutch can michael jordan win in the playoffs in the big games I, look we're getting there with donovan nothing if you watch that clip from the spurs game i'm gonna tweet it out if you watch the way he played um against houston when they got knocked off later in the playoffs there i don't see fear in his eyes um i i see him being asked to take really difficult shots i think we're gonna have a long history of game winning shots by donovan mitchell but I also am really glad that we got another guy or two that can also make a shot in a late game situation now um, so that it doesn't have to just be him all the time. But yeah, I don't know. Like after three years, can we say he's not clutch? No, I, I disagree. I don't, I, I don't think we can say that. Okay. I needed that. And, you know, I'm sitting a little taller in my chair right now, Mark. And that that was all because <laughs> of you. I'm glad. I, I, I totally agree. I think, it's hard to throw a blanket statement like that on it. And honestly, it and it's just off the last shot that it's kind of like a, like, what have you done for me most recently type of thing. But you really, like you said, you have to um, take into account everything that happens in the fourth quarter. I also think you, you talked about how he's a fourth quarter player. I think he's a third quarter player as well. Like he, I I, agree. he's a big I second agree. half guy. I and agree. I think, um, I think everything that leads up to the the final shot, especially in the second half, really should be lumped into that. Because, I mean, big shot Bob Ori, um, was he clutch? Yes, like he hit so many game winners. But what are you doing with him in the other 48 minutes of the game, right? Sure. Yeah, so, that's a great point. So that's why it's good, though, to have – like the idea that you have your best player as the only guy who shoots at the end of games is – not the right idea. It doesn't bear itself out in NBA history. In those Bulls runs, two of the biggest shots ever were John Paxson, I think, against the Suns, and Steve Kerr uh, against us. <laughs> like, you know, where Jordan made a pass to somebody else. Big Shot Bob had a bunch of them. He's a good example. So the fact that we have a bogey, the fact that Mike's out there, the fact that Joe's out there, that we have other guys that can shoot is great. I still think Donovan's going to give us a lot of, a lot of big moments. I think his ceiling is so high. I feel like he's playing so well. And I love the fact that in that Spurs game, he had these two insane steals um, that I can't even describe well. So you got to watch this. But he's – look, when he got – like missed that shot, 
got an offensive rebound, dunked on the on the Rockets, and we won that game in Houston in the playoffs two years ago. And he did like the Dave Chappelle pose afterwards. Like, who's saying he's not clutch then? Like, I I just don't buy that. Um, I just think great players are going to miss a lot of shots in clutch. I think Kobe is the one that everybody thinks about as clutch all the time. And his clutch stats are actually really pretty bad because he took a lot of hard shots. Like I've seen, saw a few articles that were comparing him versus LeBron, et cetera. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting point that your friend made. I'm not like here to like, you know, trample all over it. I just don't, I don't, I think it's premature. And I also think it's inconsistent with what, what the, what's actually been happening. Yeah, um, I agree. I think I don't. Know. I say we move on to the next one. I I texted you and I said, like, we even talk about this because <laughs> I mean, I I I think I'm all positivity when it comes to Donovan, but um, I I I think yeah, I think we hit it. I no, I, I and I'm glad we talked about. it. I think it was a good point. All right, let's go to what I texted you, and maybe this is uh, this is a more positive point, but. Um, I just said, is this, is this the most fun era of the NBA in our lifetime? Um, and this is my thing. Like the NBA is so fun right now. This week was a good highlight of it. That Sixers team, as much as I hate them, they're fun. Like there's some fun guys on that team. Embiid Simmons is a fun guy to hate. Um, Horford, like all those guys, Tobias Harris. And then in the same week to have Giannis come in, I'll just say this, Doug, like, if you're if people are listening to this podcast are not like big NBA fans right now, like maybe you're into the jazz a little bit or maybe you used to be in the NBA and you're not so much anymore. If you're listening and, and you're not like a big just fan of the NBA, first off, thank you for listening. Like for real. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Secondly, I just think this is a good time to jump in because I think there's just more fun players and fun teams than there's ever been in my memory. And my memory goes back like in in like 1991 or two our cousin Mike dared me to jump off, dive off the high dive at Riverdale, like water park in uh, Northern Utah, or maybe it's the Southern Idaho. I was a chicken. I finally did it. He gave me the entire 1991, 92 Fleer set of basketball cards. So I had everybody. And then I was shortly in on NBA live games. I mean, you know, I've just followed the NBA a lot for a long time. And I think there's more fun, good players now um, than there's ever been. And I don't know. What do you think about that? Honest, I, well, obviously my memory is cut down a lot shorter than yours, <laughs> but I, will, I, I agree. And I think this season in particular, like with the downfall of the Warriors dynasty, literally everyone's either gone or injured on their team. Um, there's so much star power around the, around the league, and it's such a question and an unknown of who, who really is going to be the champion. I, like, this is... This season particularly, um, and I think even next year as well, really fun. I think this is this is prime and NBA as a league. Um, it, this is this is as good as it gets. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel. I, I complained about Giannis a little bit in terms of the the calls that he gets, but he is amazing. Uh, in fact, he was like that game. He had a really hard first half, and then he was just amazing in the second half. I he's on the short list of my favorite non jazz players that have never played for the jazz. I think right now for me, it'd be Damian Lillard, um, Clay Thompson and Giannis third, honestly, or Steph Curry. I, I, I know a lot of people don't like him, but I, I think he's amazing. Um, do you have, I, do you have like a, a, a favorite a one or two or of non jazz players? Of players in the league. So here's the thing is I've always, I've been a LeBron guy. So I mean, I really like LeBron. Um, but now that now that you say that, let me let me think of favorite players in the league. I mean, Dame, I love I love him from Weber State. Honestly, He's I have I love Clay's jump shot, but I don't really I don't know if I necessarily love Clay Thompson as like a as a player. I don't know as a person. <laughs> but That's I don't fair. know. I mean, I, but... as this is a jazz podcast, I won't get into it. But at some point, maybe I'll talk about all my reasons because he he is. He's like the guy. If I could just have going the Jazz from another team, it would probably be him. Like I, I, I really like him. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, this is a fun. It's a fun thing to think about a little bit. The, the NBA is fun right now. Right. Um, 
why don't we though let's let's just jump uh let's let's transition to our social media moment our, our segment segment three you game okay hashtag social media yay well let me go first because i'm Please stealing do. i'm stealing your thunder okay. um i am double posting nice. so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go um quick because i mean we've talked a lot about the past couple games but first one serious one my second one um well i guess serious like numbers like statistically it's, it's more serious and my second one just pure joy and i think it's really funny i don't know if other people will but so the first one is at is ben anderson at ben ben's hoops and he's just talking about so this is post bucks game post Bojan awesomeness but he says Ingles went over five from the floor Conley over seven in the second half Gobert took two shots and Donovan was eight of 22 with eight turnovers and the Jazz won this is insane I don't know I just thought that was really fun it's, it's I love kinda, that one yeah it was it's just, insane it's awesome yeah it, I mean it's just so crazy to see everything that happened in the Jazz still Bojan magic it up so I thought that was awesome Really and I, I loved that stat, uh, those those stats in, in particular. Um, the next one is, and I think you, you she might have been in your um, social media moment last year, last year, um, last week. Um, it's Tara. I'm not sure who she is, but it's at Tara, Tara Bear. Yeah. And and her, so it's a video link, but her oh, comment totally is. totally stealing mine. I love it. I oh, am I really? Mine. I got a backup one. I got a backup oh, one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, let's just tag team it. I d- you sent me your pictures of it. yours, and Go- I didn't see this one. Go through it. Yeah, no, this is, it's funny because I accidentally sent you like four of them, but then I decided okay. on this one. <laughs> Go for it. I love this one. I so thought good. this one was hilarious. It made me laugh so hard. But So it's a video of Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's old attorney, um, and she says, how many times have you watched the – bogey shots hashtag take note and he goes um uh, he's being questioned a hundred times more 200 more 500 yeah probably about that <laughs> and i i had literally watched it so many times and it's that was perfect. like the last one that i saw and i just thought oh gosh this is hilarious yeah it's perfect it is funny because i think i did use one of her tweets before and so it's funny how some of these people are, are recurring uh features on this that we don't even know but but just bring the good stuff i mean that one's that one's great that that is why i said on this so i'll just i'll just give you like a couple others that i was thinking of i'm so i'm gonna cheat again i'm gonna do a couple just because i was gonna do that one um <laughs> i loved i loved um taylor griffin tweeted out the picture actor of uh, mike conley wearing the city of salt lake city city of salt lake city sweatshirt which was awesome and he just tweeted this sweater, all caps. I like that just because, like, he accidentally tweeted the city of Utah earlier. So that was funny. Um, and then at monologue, at monologue, Moni, a, a jazz Twitter OG, I believe, um, tweeted something that was white as Bud, Coach Bud, the coach of the Bucks, looked like some kind of plastic surgery acid peel gone wrong. That's kind of mean, but <laughs> it's kind of mean. And I, I responded from our Cowhide Globe code, which maybe I should. I don't know. I said, I think your question is your answer, and uh, I thought that was pretty good. She laughed at that. <laughs> nice. Um, but I'll just say, look, uh, Marin uh, Bumgardner. She she's at Mare underscore Bear underscore Bomb. Um, a good Twitter follow. All caps. Bogey is the Hayward we deserve. So uh, that's my feel good one to end on after I just trashed on coach bud <laughs> I, I i saw that tweet during the week and i, I love that one it was good it was good um all right well fun there's so much fun social media stuff that really the titanic thing with the joe or, sorry with the joe pass and the and the bogey shot is really good so if you just like i honestly have just spent a lot of time on twitter in the last two days <laughs> and there's a lot of fun stuff um, all right, let's let's uh, wrap this thing up though by jumping Jay Crowdering this thing into our and one segment um, and get, getting our four point play. And one, and one. Yeah! Okay, all right. Well, I'm ready. Um, yeah, you go. It's all you. So for my and one, and I I, I texted you this before, obviously, but I said um, I want to hear one terrible 
Jazz moment in the past five years that made the Bojan Bogdanovich moment that much more special. Um, so it's really just like any general time where you're like, oh, gosh, this is just rough, rough time watching the Jazz to where it all just culminates in a beautiful Bojan Bogdanovich game winner. Well, game winner. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go first or are you ready go to for answer? It. Yeah, go, okay. for, go for it. No, I've got one, but you get so, so, yeah. So I thought about. Um, so I told you a couple over the phone and now I'm kind of pivoting because I remember a real one that was real serious, but so it's Donovan Mitchell's rookie season and obviously Donovan Mitchell eventually comes to save the day, but I, I'm just thinking back to after Gordon Hayward left and I just thought literally, wow, the jazz could maybe go like win 20 games because they have no one that can score. Um, everyone was trying to say, Oh, Rodney Hood is like, is going to be the go-to guy. Rodney's going to be 20-plus every game. And I just wasn't buying it. Obviously, I was it desperately happen. trying to buy it. I was trying to convince <laughs> myself and failing. <laughs> and I just remember sitting there like, oh, bummed. Because it was just like such a fun jazz season. And I thought, wow, I'm going to have to sit there. And I'm going to have to say, Rodney, give me this game 20 points. <laughs> and and you know what? That That has come and gone. We survived it. Um, and 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 we're never gonna have to think about that that again because Bojan Bogdanovic is an outlier. I love it. I love it. Yeah, for me, did you text me that and I was like, oh man, it's gonna be hard to think of like a real a real game. But I actually thought of three games, um, and the two that actually fit like are from both from last season. So expectations were really high last year. Uh, my expectations were high, and I think the the fans were. I think a lot of people thought the Jazz we're the second best team in the West to come into the season. And you would have been able to convince, you know, I was even more convinced watching them play the Warriors in the second game of the season last year. And that game where I thought the Jazz just played almost a perfect game. And then the Warriors came back at the end and then Jarebko tipped it in to beat us. Um, and I was so bummed because <laughs> I started late. I was watching late. Um, and this, this is like the healing bomb for a game like that. Because do you know what we didn't have in that game? Somebody else who could make a shot in the fourth quarter once it bogged down. And now we do. And his name's Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, you know, I was nervous that this game was going to be like that. Or that the Sixers game was going to be like that game with Howell Neto. Like, and it wasn't. Because um, the Jazz are just better now. So uh, the other game last from last season was the Derrick Rose game. And I know people have a lot of complicated feelings about Derrick Rose. Personally, not a favorite of mine. I've I read some of his court testimony from his case. Whatever. I don't want to judge people based on their worst moments, but not my fave. And uh, when he went off and everybody was loving him and he was crying and we just couldn't score in the last few minutes against them last year, that was also frustrating to me. And again, like Bogey just was like, you're not going to have to go through that this year, Marcus, or at least not as much. Uh, for whatever reason, the other game I thought of was the, like a frustrating game from the last few years was Kobe's last game against us. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do for sure. And he goes for like, what did he go for? 50 or 60. And he shot it like a hundred times. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the jazz, we found out that the jazz missed the playoffs right before the game started. This game did nothing for me for that one. I still hate that game. So, but it helped on the other two. It helped on the other two. Um, all right, so let me give you my last one, Doug. This is a segment I've been thinking about a little bit. So for my ad one, I'm thinking of doing a, every so often a little uh, basketball book club moment on this podcast because um, I think there's some pretty fun stuff. And, and one thing that just – there's something that came out this week that I think is fun if you're a basketball fan. Um, but so for my first entry into the basketball book club where I share with you a book about basketball that I think is a, a fun one for anybody who likes the NBA, including the Jazz – is The Book of Basketball by Bill Simmons. This came out, um, I think, in like 2009 at first or something. I think the paperback came out around 2011. That's when I got it. It's really fun. I mean, you know me. I, I listen to the, the Ringer podcast a lot. I like Bill Simmons. Um, I think he's really funny. But um, this book is great. It, it basically talks about the secret of basketball, which is, I think, applicable to this jazz team. So I won't give that away. But then it like ranks a lot of things historically and it has a pyramid that's supposed to replace the Hall of Fame and he ranks basketball players. Um, but he just came out this week with the Book of Basketball 2.0, a podcast. So not that I'm not here trying to plug other people's podcasts, um, but I, I, you know, Bill's our competition, but um, <laughs> I think it's OK. It's really fun. It's uh, it's kind of like an update to his book that he's doing in podcast form. So I would say 
check that out. It's through the Ringer Network, uh, Ringer Podcast Network. It's uh, called The Book of Basketball 2.0. And just to whet your um, appetite for it a little bit, I'm going to read like two sentences from The Book of Basketball about John Stockton, um, where he said, watching Stockton in his waning years reminded me of a family member, a longtime friend who gets you at the same two moves every time, like my Uncle Bob, who lived off the same pull-up jumper going to his right for about 45 years. There's something to be said for that. He later says, uh, which I thought was funny, that John Stockton stood out not only because of his short shorts and a vague resemblance to David Duchovny, um, which is what I thought was pretty funny. And I'll just say, I'm not going to read it on here because uh, I think, uh, whatever, I'll just let people have this moment. But uh, if you read the very first sentence that he uses to describe John Stockton, I think you'll get a chuckle. Um, But anyways, uh, there's a few books that I want to share in other podcasts and stuff that I think are fun uh, reads and listens if you're a basketball fan. Uh, but that's the first one. I would definitely get that book, and I would uh, also listen to the podcast. It's pretty fun. I like that. I think that could be a – well, obviously, it could be a recurring segment. I think maybe yeah, somehow I'm not we could week, be – Yeah, but every We so could often. be interactive with people and have a, have a book club. I think that's Yeah, really people fun. have suggestions. That's – you know, it's part of the spirit of, the, of our website, cowhideglobe.com, because we're just trying to, like, put out stuff we think is fun. Um, and people can, you know, hopefully also contribute and share stuff with us that they think is fun. Um, like, and I'm going to do one last little pub. Uh, I, I have written a blog post, Doug. Uh, you know, I've made that joke about your blog, your blog that you wanted us to do earlier. I actually wrote a blog post this week. It, by the time this podcast is live, it should be live on cowhideglobe.com. I'll obviously tweet it out. Um, but check it out. I think it's fun. It's a, it's a jazz memory thing. And I think people, um, who maybe liked the first podcast, especially that we did, uh, would like it. So check it out. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, yeah. Boom. I love it. Um, more, more blog posts to come, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's awesome. One thing, Mark, I mean, it's, kind of tough that you're pubbing other people's podcast on our podcast I mean, we're, <laughs> i'm sorry man we're we're in the top 130 of all basketball that's right do you know i was looking at our chart too we got up to 106 at one point so we're bouncing around all basketball podcasts this isn't just a jazz thing i mean just walk out watch out guys because uh we coming okay we, we we appreciate all the support from the listeners we really need to get in the top 100 Let's That's do all it. I have to say. Also, yeah, if you would uh, throw us a rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts in particular, we wouldn't be mad. Unless you gave us a crappy one, but please don't do that. Then we'd probably be mad and we'd probably <laughs> just block it. Actually, do it. We want the, we're, we're not scared. Give us the feedback. Um, we want to be interactive. And, and again, thanks to everybody who's uh, hanging out with us on these. Twos and threes. Boom. Boom.